Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. Now let, let's get it straight. One, two, three. That's, that's much better. Well, it is great to see a person get saved. Amen? You know, we were, we were at the, the Henderson County Detention Center, and um, one of the things that we did yesterday, we were there yesterday, and, and uh, Carolyn, um, we met with a group of ladies, a small group of ladies, and then a, a small group of men just in, in a little room. Um, and, you know, Carolyn asked the question, is there anybody here you just need to get saved? I mean, that was the whole altar call, and this one young man sitting right on the front, he raised his hand. He says, yes, I need to get saved, you know, and everybody in the room was so excited for him. And uh, it's just, it's such a glorious thing to see right before your very eyes someone pass over from eternal death to eternal life by receiving Jesus Christ and his shed blood and being forgiven for all of your sins forever. As the Bible says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved Hallelujah. That's the best news in the whole world. And what a glorious thing it is to see just one soul saved. Amen? Amen. And so, that's the focus of today. And so, I would like for Tony to uh, come up. And uh, he had a dream a few years ago, and he shared it with me. And I thought, man, this is something everybody needs to hear. Tony, would you share us? Your dream? Uh, yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? <laughs> uh, I ain't one much for standing up here talking, but I guess the Lord gives me something I better tell you. Uh, I witnessed here something this morning that was pretty awesome. Uh, I've seen two people walking to church, <laughs> which their car broke down right down the road here. And, uh, the young man, he came back, he came in, he hit his knees right back in the church, and he stayed on his knees just about the whole time we were starting church. And uh, I just wanted to let him know that God is going to have a breakthrough, whatever it was he was praying for. <laughs> you know, it's pretty awesome just to see young people come in and do that. Anyway, my dream, uh, it was back before I was saved. Uh, I was... Uh, just been about 10 years ago. Uh, you know, God shows us some pretty amazing things, even when, you know, we don't deserve it. And uh, He can do anything. Uh, anyway, I was fishing <laughs> on Lake Bed, on Lake Bank, and uh, didn't catch no fish. <laughs> but um, the reason why foot up the shore there, there's a group of ladies, ladies partying, drinking, doing dope and all this, which I, you know, just from looking, I knew what they were doing because I've been there, uh, having a good old time. Anyway, one of the girls, I guess she either got too hot or too high or something, time to jump in the lake. Well, she thinks she goes and she jumps off in the lake, and uh, I just so happened to see her when she hit the water. I said, well, she didn't hit right, you know. She said, she, she didn't hit right. 
Anyway, I seen her come up, and she was struggling to stay on top of the water. And, uh, you know, dreams are, I don't know, they say they last just a few seconds. But now this dream went and went. Anyway, she was struggling on top of the water, and I was a hollering, waving at the girls on top, you know, trying to get their attention. They wasn't none of them paying attention. They was having a good time. Okay, so I take off running down the lake bank. And uh, I'm trying to get over there as quick as I could. And she's trying to make it to shore. Well, I got I got to her, and uh, she was she's right there, you know, just right in reach. So I bent down. I was trying to get her out of the water, and the more I reached, the more I retched, the further she got away. And uh, uh, she went under the water, and my hand wasn't no further than an inch from her hand and there was no way and she was just looking at me how come you can't save me <laughs> and it ain't up to me to save you uh, but I guess I woke up right then uh, so I didn't I wasn't able to grab her out of the water okay th- about three months later there's a young preacher came to the church and uh, he said uh, I had a dream about you the other night no, well, wait a minute. I had a dream. He had a vision. He said, I had a dream, a vision about you the other night that uh, you was on a boat throwing out life vest to pick me in the water. I said, wow. I said, that's pretty amazing. Uh, he says, uh, he said, he said, you're just throwing out life vest from one end to the other. So, okay, in Acts 2.17 and Joel 2.28, which is my two favorite verses. It said, in the last days, God's going to pour out his spirit among all flesh, among all the people. Our sons and our daughters are going to prophesy. And our young men will see visions, and our old men will dream dreams. So he's gave me, which I've got three or four dreams and a couple of visions on different things. So I know our Lord loves each and every one of us. And uh, it's not us. We can help people come to the Lord, but it's them and the Lord. With the Lord, you know, all you've got to do is accept the Lord, and you will be saved. Let's hear it for Tony. And so, you know, the statistic I keep hearing is less than 1% of Christians in America share their faith with lost people. That's kind of a big elephant in the room in the body of Christ in, in the United States. It's different around different parts of the world. But in American culture, that's not good. We're a lot like those people in Tony's dream, just having a good time. We can't see those perishing. We can't hear their cries because we're so focused on what we're doing. So that's the point of today's message today. It's for us to be reminded and maybe re 
reminded <laughs> or re 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 reminded should we ever stop reminding ourselves about this is is this a topic that every church in the whole world needs to hear yes we always need to come back around to this and remember why we're here you know if you got saved and, and went straight to heaven, you could worship the Lord continuously forever. You don't have to be here to do that. But you'll never get anybody saved in heaven. So the work is here, and the work is now. The harvest is great, but even Jesus knew 2,000 years ago the laborers would be few, and they certainly are you. That is just the way it works. And, you know, I was just like all those people in that dream. Most of my life, for the first 42 years of my life, I sat in church every Sunday from a little, when I was a little kid, a teenager, young adult, got older and older and older, still doing the same thing, nothing. I did stuff in the church, but I never witnessed to a lost person before. And I had a, a list of reasons why I should not do that. A very long list of reasons why I should not do that. And I thought it was very frightening. Just the whole thought of talking to somebody about Jesus was absolutely terrifying to me. So if you think, you know, you have to be this outgoing personality and, you know, be very charismatic and, you know, let me tell you something in case you haven't heard this before. You know, when Jennifer and I were going to get married, we both took one of those computer-graded personality profile tests, you know, all the little bubbles you fill it in with the number two pencil, and it asks you a lot of the same questions over and over again in a lot of different ways to see if you're really, you know, fibbing a little, you know. So the pastor of the church, he said, Dan, I can tell according to what the computer says that you answered the questions very honestly. And I can tell you that you are, in fact, an off-the-charts introvert but I don't let my personality stop me from obeying what Jesus wants. So I sat in the church for 42 years until I finally repented. I finally decided I'm not the boss, and I'm not going to let the way everything in churches stop me. I'm not going to let the way I have always been stop me. I'm not going to let culture stop me. This is personal between me and Jesus. I want to show him with every day of my life that I'm going to serve him to my last dying breath, even if it kills me. And if he never answers any of my prayers, if he never does anything for me, if everybody hates me and rejects me, if I end up under a bridge and die of exposure, I'm going to do what Jesus has called me to do if it kills me. That's called surrender. And that was the day that my whole life turned upside down. Has that happened to you? Are you still making excuses for why you cannot obey the Great Commission? I have a few 
slides for you. If you would take us to the next slide, Randy. Let's hear it for Randy. Yay for Randy. Yay, Randy. We love Randy. Thank you, Randy. All right. This is a good old Great Commission commandment. I know you've read this 5,000 times. So did I for 42 years. I thought it was somebody else's job. Here it comes again. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. So that's got three parts. First part is go make disciples. Make disciples is, is not, not the same as discipleship. When you make a disciple, that means you take somebody who is lost and they are not a disciple. Step number one is get saved. Amen? And as soon as you say yes to Jesus, you are now a disciple. Now you can get discipled. Okay? But before we get discipled, this has got something else baptizing them. That's great. Of course, you know, I, I like to, to baptize people. And uh, so that's step number two. And then step number three is everything else. Step number one is get saved. Amen. But what's the first word? Yeah, go. If we don't go, it's not going to happen. You know, the evangelist Reinhard Bonnke, I listen to him a lot. I like that guy. He's He's pretty great. And he says, you know, trying to get people saved in church is like trying to catch a fish in your bathtub. The most you'll catch is a bar of soap. I don't think I could get any fish in my bathtub either. Maybe a bottle of shampoo. So you have to go. You have to go where the lost people are. Amen? They are everywhere, by the way. All right. Next scripture, next slide, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That seems pretty straightforward. What's the first word? Go. So if we don't do that, if we don't do the go part, then the rest isn't going to happen, is it? Next slide, next scripture, Luke 14, 23. Jesus said, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. And, of course, that was a parable that Jesus was in the middle of telling. And the point of the parable is go. What's the first word? Go. We need to go. Go out to where the lost people are. And then, the next, next slide, next scripture, this is the last one. This is a very short and straightforward message. This is the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.18. And he's, he's telling the church that all the things that you just now heard from Jesus, right? Jesus spoke these words in Matthew, Mark, and Luke came straight out of his, his mouth, according to the Bible. Now the Apostle Paul is saying, guess what? That wasn't just for the apostles, that's for you, the whole church, 
all of us. This applies to all of us. So he says, God brought us back to himself through Christ's death on the cross. Did God bring you back to himself through Christ's death on the cross? Would, would, you, would you humor me a little this morning? And if, if God brought you back to himself through Christ's death on the cross, would you stand up? We just want to identify who the us is. If you're standing up, you're part of the us. If you're not standing up, well, maybe you just didn't feel like standing up. <laughs> so, so has God brought you back to himself through Christ's death on the cross? So, so you are part of the us. What does the next part say? And he has given us, that's us, by the way. Us means us. He's given us, he's given us the excuse of not bringing others back to him. Is that what it says? He's giving us um, a gentle suggestion that maybe we ought to talk to some people about Jesus. Is that what it says? He has given us the task. The one who went to you on the cross, or went to the cross for you, he gave you a task. But the question is, will you respond to that? Will you obey that? I never did until just a few years ago. I spent my whole life sitting in the pew every Sunday. But he's given us this task of bringing others back to him through Christ. So would you just repeat after me? Jesus has given me a task. Here it is. It's the task of bringing others back to himself. Not somebody else. Me. So I'm going to do it. All right, you can be seated. All right, now in, in Matthew chapter 25, if you're a note taker, you can write that down. It's not going to be up on the screen. I don't have a slide. I'm done with slides. Yay for Andy, you did a great job. But Matthew 25, starting at verse 14 and going through verse 30, is, is what's called the parable of the talents. A talent is just, it's a measure of weight, like pound. But this particular measure of weight is for a lot of pounds. It's, it's real heavy. It's, it's uh, from, from one resource I saw, they, they estimated that it was somewhere between 58 and 80 pounds. So it's a, it's a big load of something, okay? And in most of your Bibles, it just says talents. So it doesn't say talents of anything, you know, like gold or silver or whatever. But some of them do try to guess at it. I found one Bible that said, like the New Living Translation said it was silver, which is maybe a good guess because that was probably the predominant coin exchange at the time in that part of the world, but who knows? It, I found one that said gold also, by the way. All we know is it's worth a lot because toward the end of the story, it talks about money, and so we know that whatever these giant chunks or hunks or bags or boxes of stuff, it's real heavy and it's worth a lot. Maybe worth, um, one estimate was 15 years wages for just one talent, okay? And so, of course, you know how the story goes, right? There, were, there was a master and, and three servants, right? First servant gets five 
talents. So that maybe be five times 15 years worth of money. The next one gets two talents, and one gets one talent. And of course, as you know, the master goes away on a long trip, comes back to see how they did. And you know the, the one with the five said, well, I, you gave me five, and I gave you back five more. So he doubled it. The one with two said, well, you gave me two, and now here's two more. And then you know the one that just had the one, he said, well, I was afraid, and so I buried it. So here's the one back that you started me out with. That's what the body of Christ is doing here in America. We're just sitting on our blessed assurance. We just dig a hole and bury it for fear. F-E-A-R, fear. Just like I was, terrified to talk to people about Jesus. It scared me to death. Now it's a joy. Man, when I finally won that one person to the Lord, and I had to have a lot of help with that, that lit my fuse. There's nothing better. There's nothing better you could ever do than win another person to the Lord. And it's such a great feeling even to just participate with, with the church body in winning others to Christ. You know, I, I told you about, you know, March 31st, we did the Easter Eve cupcake bash over at the rehab. And, you know, I did preach the gospel. And yes, a lot of people got saved, but I couldn't have done it without you know, Earl and Fonda, Jim and Liz and, and Daryl and all the others who came that night to just serve ice cream, right? We all worked together. We were all on the same page. We all knew what the point of being there was, and we got the job done. There was no fussing or I get to do that and why, why can't I do that? How come you get to do this? We were all on the same page. We were all in perfect unity we were like a well-oiled machine. We got in there, got the job done, and got out. And that's how the church needs to be. But you see, if we're not focused on our true mission, we're just going to be picking on each other. You know that bored people pick on each other? We can pick on Pastor Sam. I didn't like that sermon. I didn't like that song they sang. The music is too loud. I don't like the color of the carpet. I mean, just anything. Who's that dude blowing the horn? Who's that crazy nut that jumps up and down and says, great? We can just pick ourselves apart, can't we? That's what happens if we, do we want to let ourselves get bored? Do we want to keep our focus on the harvest field? It's exhilarating to participate in the winning of souls. Even if you're not doing anything but scooping ice cream, you're making it happen. Amen? Can you scoop ice cream? I, I do not in any way intend to use this message as a plug for the prison ministry at all. You know, that is not the point. There's 80 zillion ways you can participate in the harvest field including things that are not even part of this church. 
things you could do online. Or, you know, you could join some kind of organization that does stuff and you want to be a part of what they're doing. Or there's a, a program, you know, Maricela here does Alpha. And, and so that's, you know, that Alpha is not a program, you know, that's born and raised here in this church, but people in our church can participate in Alpha, right? So that's what she does. And there's a lot of different ways to reach people, and just we need to keep asking ourselves, what am I doing about lost people? How am I participating? What's my part in the overall purpose of the church of Jesus Christ? How can I participate in that? How can I get in on the joy so that I can wear a tie that says great and jump up and down? Y'all know every time you ask me, how, Dan, how are you doing? And then y'all say, don't even answer it. I already know. Great. All right. So, as I've shared the anointed word of God with you today, I haven't overloaded you with it, have I? It's been very simple, very straightforward. Jesus says go. Go, go, go. The Apostle Paul said, yep, that's us. Is the Lord moving on anybody's heart today? That you're saying, I've never done that. I've been like Dan my whole life. You know, when Dan was spent his whole life sitting in the pew and I've, I can feel this big yes welling up in my heart and I don't know what to do with it. You remember in Isaiah chapter 6, you know, the prophet Isaiah had this amazing vision of the Lord you know, I see the Lord high and lifted up, and his train fills the temple, and, you know, the, the, the angels were buzzing around all over the place, and they were shouting so loud that it, the place was shaken. And, and he's, he's, like, completely undone, right? And then there was the whole, you know, my lips are unclean and, and all that, and that was dealt with. And, and then the Lord asked this very open-ended question, who will go for me, Right? It wasn't very specific, was it? It was just go. Not go any place in particular. Isn't that just like the Lord? He just leaves it wide open and he just sees if you'll respond to it. And what was Isaiah's response? Yes, Lord, send me, I will go. He didn't know where he was going to go. <laughs> he didn't know what he was going to do. He didn't know what it was going to look like, but he just said yes. And I had that moment in my life in August of 1999. It still took me three years before I won the first one to Jesus. But as soon as I, I totally surrendered my life to Christ, the first thing I knew that I needed to do was something about lost people so that they can have what I just received. Instead of church as usual, go back to church, take up some more space on the pew. I wanted to really serve Jesus with all of my heart. Not at all to earn anything from him, but simply to show him a heart of gratitude for what he did for me on the cross. 
That's what it's all about. That's, that's giving real love back to him. You know, we can sing a lot of songs, and those are great, and we can sing them for a variety of reasons. I think most of everybody's reasons are great, great reasons. But we can, we can go through all the motions of Christianity. I did for 42 years. Are you tired of it? Some of you have a burning desire to share Jesus with others, and you've been doing it some, but you're saying, yeah, but I want more. I want to step up more. I'll, and, you know, it's only the Lord that moving on you, right? Not by might, not by power, not by your effort, but by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so, I've, I've planned the end of this message to be a little interactive, you might say, and I'm not sure exactly how this is going to work out. We'll find out. We'll see. And so maybe one person will respond to this, maybe nobody, maybe everybody. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, I wish that somebody had maybe shared a message like this with me way before I reached 42 years of age and maybe gave me an opportunity to say, wow, you know, I'm ready for this now. I want to I want to make a change now. You know, I shared with you these four scriptures. That's God's word. It's not information for your brain. It's something for us to respond to. Amen? So the question is, are you feeling like, man, I really do want to respond to that? Even though the whole thought of it scares me to death. I'm terrified about that. But, but I... I just got that yes happening in me right now. And so I've surprised the prophetic team, <laughs> maybe shocked the prophetic team a little bit by asking them if they would, the ones on the prophetic team who would like to do this, um, come up here. If, would y'all just come on up here and um, just be open to the possibility that the Lord might speak something to you to call somebody into their destiny, to maybe recognize a gift that the Lord has deposited in someone and it, it needs, it's time for it to pop up now, to give birth to something that didn't exist before until, until you prophesied and if, if none of you has a word for anybody, it's okay, right? We just want to wait on the Holy Spirit. And so, so that was part one of this mess up here that I'm, we'll see how it works out. <laughs> part two is, I want to give an altar call right now for any of you who are feeling that big old fat yes in your heart, and, and you would like to give these guys an opportunity to, to call that out in, in your life and, and really help you give birth to that yes in your life. Is there, is there one person right here, right now, one person you, you're willing to, if, if, if you'll be the first, then some others will come. <laughs> Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.